Good morning. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Fathers, thank you for this opportunity we've had, we have here to gather together as believers in freedom and worship you. And just be with my lips today and just place truth upon my heart that I may speak it um, as you guide. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so my message title today is self-worth, right or wrong. And so I would really like some participation today. <clears throat> um, I don't consider any, any of you too old or too young to take part if you feel led or if I ask you. So I truly do pray that my intent comes through clearly. I'm a little worried about it, to be honest. But um, I do pray that my intent comes through clearly. And if there are any questions, I'd like you just to stop me and uh, we can discuss them. I do consider myself a student, and as such, I continue to learn, and um, I'm interested in dissenting views. So, <clears throat> so along the lines of self-worth, which is where my, my mind was, um, you know, I got thinking about various aspects of self-worth, and so I started with, well, what is, what is net worth? Anybody here know what net worth is? Somebody knows. And how do we ca calculate net worth? Yeah, so assets minus li a liabilities uh, give us our net worth. So net worth is a measure that the world uses in a financial sense uh, for the determination of a lot of different things. So, you know, a bank might use it to determine if we're a viable customer and they can loan us money. Or um, net worth might influence, you know, our credit score or different things like that. So the world has a very, you know, regimented system for how net worth is calculated and it's well known. And if you don't know it in here, you will learn that at some point in your life. Um, about net worth. But what is self-worth? Anybody tell me what self-worth is? You might know. <laughs> you, you, you do know? What is it? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much right on. So, self-worth is a sense of one's own value as a human being. Self-worth is an internal sense of being good enough, worthy of love and belonging from others. Self-worth is often confused with self-esteem. Those are two different things, especially for the topic of my message today. Self-esteem relies on more external factors like successes and failures, achievements, to define the worth of ourselves. Um, and those can also be um, inconsistent. They can come and go. We can have high self-esteem, low self-esteem based on the successes and failures that we've had 
in the way people view us through that lens. Um, but isn't necessarily a measure of our self-worth. So we've kind of talked about what self-worth is. What is self-worth not? What is not self-worth? So, what does not define self-worth? Any other thoughts? What self-worth is not? Or what does not make up our self-worth? So self-worth is not our job, our position, our status, our accomplishments, the way we're viewed in the community, um, the way we're admired or not admired. That does not make up our self-worth. <clears throat> Self-worth is the sense of one's own value as a human being, the internal sense of being good enough and worthy enough, um, worthy of love and belonging. So can you give me some examples of self-worth? Anybody? Yeah, so it's outside of my success and failure. It's outside of my um, worldly position. So if you had to think about it, I'll let each of you think about these questions all on your own. You feel free to answer if you like. But how would you describe your self-worth right now today? What words would you use to describe yourself today? What value do you place on yourself or the aspects of yourself? And are your descriptions generally positive or generally negative? Or are they balanced? And where does the message of your self-worth come from? I think these are questions that would be good to ponder. Why, why is this important? Why is this important to ponder these things and to understand 
uh, of these things. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a matter it's a matter of life and death. It's one of the reasons that people commit suicide. Is that they don't have improper I mean that's kind of at the end, I think, the far end of the spectrum, but we can find ourselves anywhere. Yeah, so at the end of that spectrum, you, know, you mentioned suicide, we have that, but what if we don't, what if that never happens to us? What if we just live in despair? We live a life void of self-worth. Is that possible? Or we confuse self-worth and self-esteem. So if we don't understand the value of our worth, and we're using the wrong measurements, the wrong metrics, and understand that, we're basing it in the wrong place, from the wrong place, you know, we could conceivably walk through our life with no feeling of self-worth. And so we talked about how we calculate net worth. How do you calculate self-worth? What's the measurement? Took me a while to wander around uh, this one. Yeah, so uh, an auction is a good indicator of the value of the things there. The highest bidder gets it. So I don't know that this is the only calculation of self-worth. I'd be interested in some other ideas if people have some. But what I come up with, um, at least for the topic of today, in the, measure, the measurement that I'm offering um, about the self-worth, the value that we place on ourselves, um, is we take our meritable acts minus our unmeritable acts, and we come up with our self-worth. So does anybody know what meritable means? 
Yeah, so <clears throat> marital mean, meritable means deserving re- reward or praise. So by definition, we take acts that are praiseworthy and we stack up against the acts we do that are not praiseworthy. And we determine our self-worth. It's our value that we place on ourselves, right? This is an internal calculation. It's not one that people are putting on us. It's something that we come up with internally. And so I think that's why this is important to understand. And there may be other measurements of self-worth. I'd be open to hearing about that if there's ideas there. Um, and self-worth doesn't have to be based in Christianese to come up with it. I can be a good person, and I can do meritable acts, and they can outweigh the unmeritable acts that I, I do. It doesn't have to mean that I'm a Christian to have self-worth. So, for instance, you know, lying would be an unmeritable act but bringing the truth to the light would be a meritable act. So kind of, you know, two examples there. So another, another definition or definition I kind of built out around meritable acts for the purposes of, purposes of this conversation um, is worthy of praise or note by God. So a meritable act as a Christian, it's worthy of praise or note by God. So, if I don't need to be a Christian to perform meritable acts, then how do meritable acts stack up against me as a Christian? How do I go about that? Um, And if I'm a Christian performing meritable acts, would they not be different, deeper, or harder? to achieve than non-Christian meritable acts? Is that true? So a couple of questions i like some answers on. Does the devil want Christians to have meritable ob- objectives? Why not? Is there a limit to the amount of meritable objectives or acts that Christians can do or perform? A Christian. So within our gift, is it limited? So is there a limit there? So within his will, is there a limit there? (laughs) Is there abundance or is it scarcity? There's abundance. Yeah. There's there's abundance. Um for us to step into that. So 
if there's abundance in the meritable objectives that we can accomplish as Christians walking within the will of God, then what's that look like day to day? And do we act that way? Do we act like there's abundance there? Or do we treat it with scarcity? I'll circle back to this later, but one more question. Can financial net worth influence self-worth? So if it does that, is our self-worth grounded in the correct position? I, I, I agree with that. <clears throat> so the world often ties net worth to self-worth, very typically. But we all know of instances of people who are very successful that take their own life, suicide, right? So people who make... Um, I didn't research this, but there's a, there was a guy, I think his name was David Jenkins, and he netted about $100 million a year in net, and he took his life because clearly his net worth didn't grow his self-worth, and so it would stand to reason that the way we view ourselves and potentially the way we use our net worth influences our self-worth. So the way I increase my net worth on earth is I work harder, longer, smarter. Um, I may even employ unmeritable acts to increase my net worth. Lying, stealing, cheating, uh, taking advantage of somebody. Um, those may be ways that I can increase net worth but that does not increase my self-worth. In fact, it's an unmeritable act, so it decreases my self-worth. Because if I measure self-worth by meritable acts versus unmeritable acts, then the unmeritable acts goes in the liability column and it overrides the asset column. And when that goes to zero or below zero, bankrupt, what do I have left? So self-worth is not tied into net worth as much as self-worth is tied to our meritable or unmeritable objectives. It's kind of what I've come to. Does that make sense? So I don't believe for a minute that having a high net worth is bad. Go be a billionaire, I'll cheer you on. That's fantastic. If that's what you're called to do. But the sheer accumulation of net worth will never make you feel more loved, sleep better, happier, or see yourself as a more capable, deserving person. It'll never do that. But net worth can fuel self-worth if it's used for meritable objectives and when we install it in the context of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So net worth can fuel meritable objectives, and when the meritable objectives are used in the kingdom of God, it can build our self-worth. So when we take this into the kingdom of God and we start operating in the kingdom of God, we're operating in Christ with our meritable objectives that begins to enhance our self-worth as a Christian. 
And we can be a Christian and have low self-worth. I truly believe that. I think there's probably far too many of those kind of Christians running around. And I think we all would say we suffer with self-worth to some extent. To some level, we struggle with self-worth. So, here's an interesting thought. Every objective, every single objective, where we use cash or assets to entice, purchase, coerce, shape, influence, or leverage the perspective of somebody else about us is an unmeritable act. Make sense? So again, every objective in where we use cash or assets to influence the perspective of somebody else about us is an unmeritable objective. So, does that decrease, decrease, or increase self-worth? So by my measurement, if that's correct, it decreases self-worth. It's an unmeritable act. And what we do is we create this persona to the world or to this group of friends or people that we're targeting that we have high self-worth. But in reality, we have leveraged something to change their perspective of us, which is an unmeritable act, which decreases self-worth. So to put this in a practical sense, if I buy a car because John did, is that an unmeritable or a meritable act? If I have to have the latest phone because all the cool kids have it, is it meritable or un- un- unmeritable act? If I wear certain clothing or I act a certain way because the people that I think are cool do that and I want to remain in that group and I want to be the best in that group or whatever it might be, is that a meritable or an unmeritable act? And so how does that influence our self-worth as a person? So if I go put you know, new rims on my car because it looks bland and I need it to look better, to influence the way somebody looks at me, is that a meritable or unmeritable act? Does it increase or decrease our self-worth? Now, do I believe that doing those things are wrong? I, I don't. I don't believe that buying a new car or a new phone or having great-looking clothes or putting rims on our truck is wrong. But where is our heart in that, and why are we doing it? This comes down to questions that each of us have to answer for ourselves. No one can answer this for us. And so far too often, we cloak it in righteousness and piousness, and... We call it a meritable act, but it's really an unmeritable act. And I'm using that net worth to influence the way I want people to look at me, and at its core, it's pompous pride. And I can have pride in the way I dress and the way I look because I care about myself, or I need to dress for the occasion, or... I need to, you know, dress for um, 
a certain look or a certain um, circumstance, and that doesn't mean that that's pompous pride. But when I'm doing it to influence, directly influence the way people look at me, then that's what it, it becomes. And so, like I said earlier, far too often, we go and we do those things and we cloak it in um, good reasons. We cloak it in righteousness. But we know at the end of the day what that really is and where that come from. So like some participation here, what would be some examples of unmeritable acts? Some ideas. And what would, okay, let me rephrase that. What would be some examples of unmeritable acts and what would they what would they cause? What, would, what could unmeritable acts cause? Let me frame it that way. So what can it cause within us? I don't have a list, so relying on, on y'all. <clears throat> One more. So why would it cause th those things? If we did something to enhance how we look on an unmeritable basis and it causes those things, why would that be? How could that possibly be? Yeah, and we know the truth. We know why, why we did it, right? And that's why it causes those feelings, is we know why we showed up and did that. We know that we didn't just, you know, um, buy a new truck because we needed one. We know we bought one because John b bought one, right? Those are things that we know. They're internal to us. You can use any example. So, some examples of... Um, How do I frame this? Some examples of unmeritable objectives um, can be, it can, so it can, what it can do, it can cause harm, um, self-glorification. Um, it can cause us to acquire assets, which I've spoke about, to change the way people view us. Um, it can show up as gossip, divisiveness, um, dishonesty, those are some of the things that come to mind. But on the flip side of this, what do meritable acts show up as? And how do they make us feel? So let's start with 
what could be a meritable act, functionally speaking? Like what could that, what could that bring out in us? Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's, you almost, I mean, bottom line, it's, am I serving God and others, or is it all about me? You know, so I could wash dishes for my wife for a good reason, or for men. Uh, and it's up to the motivation. Yeah, you're correct. Where I was kind of thinking with this, and maybe I didn't frame my question correctly, but when we are walking in, in, a, in a meritable objective. And the, so when we're walking in a meritable objective, the outpouring of that looks like um, loving others, caring for others, um, serving others, um, bringing light to darkness, things like that. But you're right, those exact same acts, they can be either side of that column. They can fall either side of that column. So again, it really depends on us and our heart, whether that's a meritable act or an unmeritable act is in the asset column or the, the, or the, the liability column. And how, how we show up and how we live determines our self-worth. So if we have a plummeting self-worth, then it might be cause to stop and ask ourselves, why do we have a plummeting self-worth? What is the basis for our self-worth? And what are we putting that in? And what is driving that? So are we doing things that cause us to do unmeritable acts that may present like a meritable act, but at their core, they're an unmeritable act because of our perspective and our view and our reasoning and our heart behind it? So if self-worth is my entire perspective and my value on planet Earth, then how do I increase self-worth? So I increase it by... Meritable acts. And how do I know if they're meritable acts? Well, that's up to me to decide. I have to decide if they're meritable acts. Now, there's some things that are pretty black and white. So if I lie, cheat, defraud, steal, you know, those are unmeritable acts. But you get into things like serving, then it becomes a little harder to discern at, for others, right? Harder for others to d- uh, discern. Did I wash the dishes because I cared? Or did I wash the dishes to get out of trouble? You know, or whatever that example might be. So, as Christians, there's a little bit more going on with self-worth than the worldview of self-worth. So there's deeper stuff going on here. So there's a limited amount of net worth that we can all have. We can't all be billionaires. There's not enough money in the world for everybody in the world to be a billionaire. It's just math. However, we established there's an abundance of self-worth for each of us, provided we are where we belong, doing what we're supposed to do, in the place we're supposed to be, following the will of God. There is abundance of self-worth. So why might we be short in self-worth? And what happens when we begin to veer off the tracks in our self-worth? So let's say, we, let's say we build our self-worth, and then it turns to pride. You know, we derailed that train. So this is a constant checking of ourselves 
as Christians, where is my self-worth based, and why is it there, and what is it producing? So, the things that godly-based self-worth can produce in me can be things like confidence, peace, clarity, wisdom, sense of strength, feeling of belonging, ambition for the kingdom, a love and connection, closeness with God. I believe that's things that can come from a godly self-worth. We can have those things that can begin to build in us. You know, I, <clears throat> I don't have a good example or analogy, and I do love a good analogy, so I haven't come up with one here yet. I haven't thought about it long enough, but, you know, we've all seen people who really struggle in some of these areas. And if you take that back to the root, well, here's why, well, no. Here's why, well, no, really, here's why. And it, some of it can come back to, I think I've spoken about it before, some of our belief programming and the way that we've been conditioned to believe certain things. But if we're going to work through that and truly step into self-worth in a godly manner and who am I in Christ, like who am I to him? And how does he value me? Then it changes some of the ways that we view things. It changes a lot of the ways that we view things. Here's one. So if I have self-worth that's based in God, and I, so I have godly self-worth, and I am scared to death of being in front of people like I am. I do not like being in front of people. However, if I am standing in my self-worth, then I should be able to go stand in front of any size crowd with dry palms and no twitching and deliver the message that I have if I am standing in godly self-worth. Should I not? Should it not give me the confidence to produce that? So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about, okay, if I had a week to live, how would it change what I did for the next seven days? And would I really care about what people thought about me in those seven days? Likely, I would care very little what they, they thought about me. I would, I would do what I do and a lot of confidence knowing that I didn't care what they thought about me. So is that not the way we can show up in self-worth as Christians? But not in a manner of taking it too far to the other side of the field and saying, I don't care what anyone thinks, but knowing exactly who cares, who I need to care what they think about me. So I need to care how Christ views me and what I am doing and the things that I am doing within that. That is what matters. So if I walk in Christ and the attributes placed upon me by design, then what's in my path there isn't relevant anymore. And if I walk or I run in that path in faithfulness to my calling, then my net worth grows, but not my financial net worth. I mean, it might, but that's not the net worth that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the net worth that we bring as a Christian, as a human still alive on this earth. There's a value that we bring. And so if we understand our self-worth in Christ, 
and we understand that there's abundance there, and we can step into what he has for us in the gifts and the callings that he has created for us to step into, then my net worth as a Christian can begin to grow, the value that I bring. But if I am called, so if I am called to go and serve a certain area, and I am called into that, and I go and I do that faithfully and well, I am, I am growing my net worth as a Christian. But if I stay away from that and I say, no, I'm not going to go do that, that's uncomfortable, that's painful, I want to stay at home, then I am not building my net worth in my calling. Does that make sense? Am I being clear there or is that messy or muddy? So the value that I bring as a soldier of God when I understand my self-worth and the meritable acts that I do within that, then I can step into without fear and grow my net worth as his soldier. So Acts 20, 32, you don't need to turn there if you don't like, 32 through 35. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than receive. And so this got me thinking about, you know, more blessed to give than receive. Um, I've often thought about that in either terms of cash or assets, one or the other. Um, or time as well. But what if it also would include the giving of our net worth as a soldier for Christ from an outpouring of our self-worth? hope that makes sense. Um, I rolled around this a long time. I know what I'm thinking. Hopefully I'm relaying that halfway right. So I was thinking about an analogy about this and how this fits. And so if I have a high self-worth in Christ, and by having a high self-worth, I am centered in his will. And so if we view his will as a set of railroad tracks, railroad tracks are really linear in where they go, and they're fixed. And they go certain places, and that is all they go. And if you deviate from those railroad tracks, the train stops real quickly. No train ever runs successfully off its tracks. So if the railroad tracks is the will of God, and I'm, I'm steadfast in that, and I'm following that with the precision of a train on, on a track, and if I'm the freight train, then, and I'm carrying my self-worth, for instance, so the faster I'm going and the heavier the weight of my self-worth, the more momentum I have. Just simple physics, right? So the faster the object and the more it weighs, the more kinetic energy that object has. So if the will of God is railroad tracks and I'm the train and I'm, I know my self-worth and I'm carrying it and it's high, and a semi crosses the tracks and gets stuck, I am going to blow through that semi, and the speed at which it slows me down is not hardly even measurable. doesn't matter if that semi is empty or loaded. It makes no difference. 
I'm just going to blow through that semi and keep right on going. It was an obstacle to get placed in my path. But I'm so clear on where I'm going. I'm on these tracks, and I'm the freight train, and I know my, my worth, and the devil can put something across that path, and I, I'm able to walk through that. However, if I'm driving Alfred, my little Toyota pickup truck, weighs 2,600 pounds with a full tank of fuel. If I'm driving Alfred, and I'm on a road, and I steer that thing wherever I want to go, and I broadside a semi, there's a clear winner here, and it's not Alfred, right? So a couple things that come to mind here for me. One, when I'm just aimlessly wandering along, and I'm weak in my faith, I'm weak in my self-worth, I'm, I'm low in my self-worth, I'm low in my net worth in, in the kingdom, and Satan puts something across my path that blocks me. Now, maybe he puts something across my path like a two-by-four. Well, I can run over that. But that was not the accomplishment for the kingdom that I could have had if I had been on my tracks hauling my self-worth, and I'm the train, and I'm able to do more for the kingdom. It increases my self-worth. And if I'm, if I'm driving Alfred, how many times have I said, oh, there's somebody else in that semi, and boy, they're carrying a lot of self-worth, and I go, whoop, I'm going to go sabotage them because I don't like the self-worth that they have. That bothers me, and now I'm threatened. Or I want to take some of theirs for, for myself. Now, there's an interesting idea. How many times do we pull self-worth from others? How many times do we try to build self-worth by tearing down somebody else or taking them down a peg? How many times have I been guilty of that? Self-worth never pulls its value from someone else. True self-worth, godly self-worth. You don't care what they think, what they say, how they feel about you, how much they do or don't respect you. It does not change your self-worth. So if you could triple the amount of self-worth that you have today, in, you could triple your godly self-worth, how would that change your life today, tomorrow? What would that look like for you if you could do that? And what is keeping you from doing that? Is it scarcity of self-worth, or is there an abundance of it? During his time on earth, Jesus cared not about how people viewed him. That wasn't the focus of his mission. He was in alignment with the Father, and therefore it didn't matter. He was on his train tracks, he knew the destination, and the velocity was set. All of this was in order. All of this was in alignment with what the Father had for him. He knew his self-worth. He was building his net worth. He was bringing his worth to the world. And the acts that he performed were meritable objectives and acts, not unmeritable. The devil did try to derail him. I was thinking about this. 
when he was in the desert for 40 days, <clears throat> the devil tried to change his tracks from a heavenly kingdom to an earthly kingdom. So control of a heavenly kingdom, give that up, and I'll give you control of an earthly kingdom. Matthew 4, verses 8 through 10. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give you if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only shalt thou, in him only shalt thou serve. So if he, had, if he had done that act in verse 9, if he had fell down and worshipped him, would that have been a meritable or unmeritable act? I think we can agree it would be an unmeritable act. <clears throat> so where does that leave me? Where does that leave you? Where am I placing my identity? And what is the self-worth that you are surrounding yourself with? The enemy doesn't want you to have true godly self-worth. He wants you downtrodden and dejected. He wants you to have a sense of fake self-worth, the kind that keeps you up at night knowing deep down that what you have is fake and simply a fun. He wants you to have the kind of self-worth that makes you choose your friends very carefully so they won't see through it or question it. People have a way of seeing through fake self-worth. And so if we are being real careful about the kind of people that we're around so that we don't get exposed, maybe this is an indicator for us. The devil wants us to have the kind of fake, uh, fake self-worth that keeps us hopping from one direction and one purpose to another. Oh, that's my purpose, I'll go do that. Oh, that's my purpose, I'll, I'll go do that. Or this job, or that job, or this place, or that place. Because as long as we're trying to stay ahead of it, we can maintain this front to those around us that we're okay. But if we sit in one place too long, we get exposed, and the truth comes out. We go chase the next thing that makes us money, or makes us look good, or successful, or brings us pleasure. So what's your track record? Is it in, in alignment with Christ? Is it in alignment with the Father? Or if you lean back on that saying, well, we felt led to do X, Y, Z, so we went and did that but it's blowing up and we don't know why, so we just felt led to go here and do that. And it's blowing up, we don't know why, so we felt led to go, go do that. Now, sometimes we may be led into things that fail or blow up. That may be something that we're called into for a lesson or for a purpose or to help somebody else. There's certainly those things, and I would never detract from that. But what I'm bringing about is, what is our track record? What is our self-worth? Is it fake? Is it real? Where is it grounded in? Where are we drawing that from? <clears throat> True self-worth, in that, I know that I am worthy. And I, am, I know that I am worthy because the cost of my salvation came from the cost of Jesus' life. 1 Peter 1, 18, uh, let's see, yeah, 18 to 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, it wasn't the, the tangible that redeemed us. It wasn't the tangible that saved us. It was the precious blood of Christ. And so I know, I can know that I am worthy because... 
He gave up his life for my salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So there is plenty of self-worth and significance to be hand for all that we understand when it, that it's in abundance, not scarcity, when it's sourced through Christ as the root, not self. So in closing, I'd encourage you to think about this and try to understand where you're at in your self-worth. Where are you drawing that from? No one can answer that for you. It's going to have to come from you and seeking the, the Lord in that. But if your sense of self-worth comes from treating others differently or lesser than or from what you have or what you drive or what you wear or how you look, that is not self-worth. That's arrogance and pompous pride. So be willing to take a real look at yourself. The you that exists in the quietness when no one else is around. The you that you don't want to go and enter into that because you don't want to go look at what's behind that door. The places in your mind, in your mind that you dare not go because you're afraid what you're going to see. I would encourage you to be curious and seek alignment with Christ the author and the finisher of our faith. In closing, read Romans 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith.